0: fantasy baseball show a proud member of underdog fantasy and just a reminder use promo code triple they're going to match your deposit up to a hundred dollars if you go on our youtube channel you'll see that we did a football underdog best ball recently which they got you covered with everything if your team is eliminated in our home league like arts and you're done with the fantasy baseball (laughs) season they got you covered with football And when you do fantasy football and your team loses in the first round, they got you covered with baseball and all in between. That laugh you heard is from Marty Party.
1: Yeah. Raising it in D-Town. What's going on? Man, talking about first round exits really reminds me of every fantasy football team I've ever had. That's why I had to bow out. I am not good at fantasy football. One of the worst. Fantasy football is more luck than skill. Ah, Just no matter what, man, no matter what, no matter who I draft, something bad's gonna happen. So I'm, yeah, I bowed out. But yeah, great to be here. Great to be talking baseball. It's a playoff push, last few weeks of the season. Thank you for those listening. You are the true fantasy baseballers. Yeah. And we keep
0: going till the end of the week because even if zero people listen to us, we love fantasy baseball
2: in itself. Right, Elsie? That's right. You ready for some hardcore fantasy content? I'm sitting here this week. I got a new uh, piece of of, merch—not merch, merch, a pair. uh, uh, Alan Trammell signed photo. My sister got for me at the uh, at the Little League World Series. He was one of the one of the guys there. It's uh, I I can't believe she got to meet Alan Trammell. That that's that's big time. Um, He was there for the Little League World Series. I think he was commentating the games. Uh, If you can get to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the little league world series. You are, if you are a baseball fan, it is one of the purest and most enjoyable baseball experiences you will ever get to. And you can bump into guys like Alan Trammell. They're just, they're just hanging out. They're just hanging out there. You know, they're chilling. Uh, it's free to go. You don't have to pay a dime to get into the games. It, it's an amazing experience. And, uh, and, uh, I was able to get a little bit of cool, uh, cool, uh, a uh, 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 signed material from Alan Trammell from that.
1: All right, I have two things on that. Number one, did you ever slide down the Williamsport Hill on like a, uh, a piece <laughs> of cardboard or anything? Have you done that?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's where that's where you. That's what you do, man.
1: Yeah, it's, I remember you, watching it's, that.
2: It's usually full of 10, 10 to twelve year olds. So uh, and then you, and then well, I mean, if you don't do it once when you get that's there, true. you know, you, you didn't have the experience. But you know, you go there like when you're a high schooler in the area and there's nothing else going on yeah. you, go, have- you go there, talk to some talk to some people that you don't know from other school districts, make some new friends, it's a good time.
1: I will say this about Alan Trammell. I got to meet him as well back in the day. I, I grew up in Southgate, Michigan. There was a um, I was varsity baseball, not to brag, uh, but we, but we had a training camp. Um, and him and uh, Alan Trammell came down with Brandon Inge, old uh, Tigers third baseman, nice. and shook hands and you know got to meet him. Super nice guy and Hall of Famer. Shout out to him. It sounds like I need to meet Alan Trammell. If you're
0: listening to this pod, I'm the one that's left out. Guys, we're going to go from some Little League guys that did stuff in their past. And by the way, watching the Little League World Series is awesome. Some of the pitches that these teenagers can throw, the movement, the velocity. uh, If you watch um, on the uh, scoreboard at the top, they'll tell you how fast it would be in terms of an MLB Oh, yeah. That's cool when they do that. So just knowing that these pitchers can throw faster
1: than I ever could is a little bit disappointing. (laughs) I think I know the answer to this, but can you bet on it? Uh, I think so. Really? I would have guessed no.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I've never, felt, <laughs> I've never felt guilty enough to bet on the Little League World Series. That would be bad. That's um, pretty bad. Because people would be getting mad. Again. That's like, like
1: drinking a beer game. at your kid's Little League game. It's like yeah. the same vibe.
0: Love seeing the Rangers choke in September. Go Astros. Wow. The Rangers need a little bit of love. The Astros are always good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that pitching staff and that bullpen. The, the Rangers bullpen has completely fell apart. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. They can't fix it. It's too late. It is too late. They, all of them, including Max Scherzer tonight,
0: have imploded. Ooh, I got Max in the league. Rough. But guys, we're talking about our WOW players because these are guys that are hopefully helping and not hurting you down the stretch. These are typically underowned or under-rostered players compared to where we think they should be. I never think we were talking about this late in the season with Royce Lewis, but here we are. The last 14 games, he's hitting 3, uh, 316 batting average, 18 for 57. Seven home runs, and three of those have been in uh, grand slams. 22 RBIs and for the season, batting 318, 370 OBP, 541 slug, but 6.5% walk percentage, 23.4K percentage, and a 371 Babbitt. Marty, does that equal regression to you
1: it will I think in the long run but for for what the 24 year old's doing right now you got to hold on to him the sprint speed's fine 76 percentile um so as far as him you know the the BAB, you know it's going to go down to 300 310 um with his speed but uh where you got him you picked him up off the waiver wire right or or you you spent some fab on him so you're, you're going to be holding on to him for the rest of the year and the twins are fighting for a playoff spot so he's going to be in there every day Agreed. You didn't spend a high uh, draft
0: pick on him likely. You either spent fab or you uh, got him in a trade, maybe if you bought low. Props to Royce Lewis. He's torn his ACL twice and for him to come back is one thing, but for him to put up these numbers, albeit a small sample size, 46 games really just shows that prospect pedigree and somebody that I'm definitely wrong about. So I'm willing to admit when I am. Continue it, Royce. We also did
1: had a, one of his hits, 114 miles an hour off the bat, too. I mean, the guy, can, the guy can, the guy can you crush. See? They put 20 on the, on the Indians yesterday. Did you see that, Lucas yep. Giolito's first start? Man, oh, Lucas yeah. Speaking of Lucas Giolito, he tweeted about him today. Yeah, Dave did.
0: And speaking of Dave Mendy, back
1: in the house.
2: What's up, guys?
1: Hey,
3: David. <laughs> Baby, you just went down, so I thought I'd hop in for a few minutes. The plan is to be back next week, so I figured I needed to warm up the vocal cords a little bit.
1: Very smart.
0: Absolutely. Good call on that one. David, you're taking my WOW players this week. This little role reversal, so we'll go to you next, and we're going to give it to you on the fly. Jason Dominguez, a.k.a. The Martian, finally getting the call up. First four games, he has a hit in each of those four, but for the season, 225, two homers, four RBIs, Notable that his first at-bat was a home run off Justin Verlander, so pretty storybook beginning to his career. And he's hitting third the last three games after hitting fifth in that debut. He's improved his walk percentage in the minors uh, from um, going to about 10% this year in one hundred eight or 118 games, but that K percentage is at 25.6. And, David, this is someone that me, you, and Marty saw in Arizona play it looked at times that he was lacking effort. Somebody that I think from his name and from his physical standpoint has kind of gotten him to where we are today. But what do you think he can provide for the rest of the season?
3: I mean, he just hit another home run tonight. Three for Ooh. four with a homer. Uh, batting average up to three thirty-three. He's actually hitting third, believe it or not, in that Yankees lineup. So if that's not a confidence boost from the organization, the fact they have him hitting behind Aaron Judge and ahead of Glaver Torres, uh, that's already a big deal in itself. But Jason Dominguez, you already know he was uh, one of the most hyped prospects even just a couple of years ago, but he has been down in the minor leagues for so many years now. And, and when we did see him in the uh, Arizona Fall League, he was having some defensive problems. But I remember the Welsh saying when we were talking with him about it during the game, he said, Man, he's just disinterested out there. This is like his, I think it was his second or third Arizona Fall League. And he was like, Man, like, you can just tell he doesn't want to be here. And like, not in a bad way, but like, he was like, you know, it's one of those things like you, manage, you imagine when you had like PE class and you were like the 12th grader in like the ninth grade class. And you were just like, man, like I shouldn't be here right now. Like I should be with the older group or whatever. Uh, I think that's kind of how he felt. But man, like he's really turned it on the second half of the year in AAA. And uh, he's somebody that is going to be somebody I would think is going to start the year with the club next year, barring a really bad spring training. And I'm sure he'll be someone that's pushed up draft boards as the season comes along, too. Uh, But the power is legit. Obviously, the Yankees trust him hitting, again, third. And he is somebody that's going to be very interesting to talk about in the offseason.
0: He is. And, David, I mean, you brought up a point that physically he has he's bigger than a lot of these major leaguers right now. And, you know, he's kind of shows the true out the through the true three strikeout out or the three true three come outcome of walk at 15% striking out. And he hasn't taken a walk so far in the majors through five games, by the way, or a home run. So uh, definitely a polarizing figure and someone I know the Yankees are hoping they pan out.
3: One thing too, just I'll add too, had 109 games in Double a 254 average, a 781 OPS, 15 homers, 66 RBI, 37 steals. Uh, but then since uh, July 1st, That went up to a 331 batting average with five homers and 19 steals. Triple A was only nine games, but he had 10 RBIs, three stolen bases, hit 419. So basically, just obviously the Triple A numbers are only nine games, but in Double A after July 1st, he really went on on a tear. And that's what he's kind of been carrying now to the big league. So yeah, someone very interesting to watch.
0: Well said, David. You've been documenting him for a while in the call-up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of. Piped by our
3: league prospects get called up or get talked about on that show. So, yeah, it's definitely um, somebody that's going to be fun to talk about this offseason.
0: He is. And we're talking about another youngster, Ronnie Mauricio. So, first four MLB games of 400, 400, 467 line, no home runs, one RBI, one run, two steals. And looking for at the 116 games in AAA, a 292, 346, 506, triple slash. 23 homers, 71 RBI, 76 runs, 24 stolen bases. So balanced in all five categories there, Marty, the Mets are tanking, but Ronnie or art the Mets are tanking, but Ronnie Mauricio is hot. What are your expectations for him? Rest of the season?
2: Hard to say. Um, he's, he's got a, a, a batted ball profile. That's not one that I generally like for, for uh, five true for five categories. He's, so far in the major leagues, he's hit the ball on the ground 77 percent of the time, uh, producing. You know his his max EV is 117 though. But when you hit it directly into the ground, that's not going to be going very far. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he hasn't hit any home runs is that his uh, his he's hitting the ball with way too many ground balls. But with that max EV, with the ability to turn on the ball, he's uh, his home run per fly ball should be pretty high. But he has to start hitting some fly balls. Interesting that he already has two steals and he was able to put up twenty steals in each of the last two minor league seasons. You look at his running speed; it's only in the thirty-fifth percentile of major leagues so far this year. Um, so I wonder if he's going to be able to keep that up, keep up those stolen bases. But I do think with his ground ball percentage, with his with his exit velocity on the, his, he's going to be able to keep that batting average up, keep the BABIP up pretty good because he doesn't strike out too much. But I do wonder when the power is going to show up and if he's going to be able to turn that minor league power into major league power, unless he starts hitting a little bit more fly balls. Rest of season, he's hitting the bottom of that Mets lineup. Probably not going to produce a ton of counting stats, but uh, talent like this, number four prospect uh, in the Mets organization, they're giving him some run. I think you put him out there. I I picked him up in a couple of leagues last weekend. I didn't put him out. To the beginning of the week because the Mets only had two games in the first four days, but I'm definitely putting them out there this weekend, uh, to see what I can get from them in the rest of the season. hoping I can catch a little lightning in a bottle.
3: You're, I just want to add one thing because Art brought up the exit velocity. Do you guys know just how hard he hits the ball, especially this season? So, Ronnie Mauricio has a ball that he hit 117.3 miles per hour, not only. Is that the hardest hit ball in the major leagues this season by three miles per hour? It's the hardest hit ball in the major leagues since 2021. So, Ronnie Mauricio, I think, is the real deal. And I'm actually friends or old, my old coworker was a Mets fan and he was talking about Ronnie Mauricio. Like, this is the guy that's, that's gonna, people aren't talking about him yet, but this dude is an absolute freak. And you've seen it, just glimpses of it. He's actually my favorite of the baby Mets. There's, you know, Brett Beatty, him. Uh, Brian. That graphic <laughs> is so stupid. <laughs> Ronnie Mauricio is my favorite of the baby Mets. So I think he's going to be the one I'm going to draft the most of next season. And um, that's, I, I think he's going to be the one. Maybe we'll rank him and we'll see how we all feel. But I think he's got the most tools. And David,
0: quick what? question.
3: Baby piranhas or baby Mets? I mean, you know, I always like the baby piranhas, but still. What's that? You remember the Nick Punto, Jason Bartlett, and Luis Castillo? They were called the Baby uh, Piranhas from Ozzy Guillen.
1: No, I must have missed that. That's all. That's a throwback, man. <laughs> Loved those guys. I thought that was a Legends of the Hidden Temple reference. Not a bad <laughs> reference either. To go, through. that was a good
2: show.
0: Wait, so before we go to the pitching side, I want to talk about probably the two most disappointing pitchers this year. Alec Manoa and Lucas Giolito. I disagree.
3: I think Lance Lynn needs to be in that conversation too. No, Lance Lynn has provided some you good flashes. You can't
1: put Lance Lynn in this conversation. Lynn has, has, like
3: has a worse ERA than Lucas Giolito. Lucas yeah, Giolito has,
0: like has like an eight ERA since uh, being traded from the White Sox. Like Lance Lynn Luke. has
3: the second worst qualifying ERA in all of baseball.
0: He's, he he's, in this conversation? he's, pitched, he's pitched some good games but he's given he up a lot of home runs. runs against the Marlins today. He he goes deeper in games than Giolito does. Giolito gets bombed. I I mean Giolito was at least decent to start And year. also the draft capital. You spent a higher draft pick That's on him right Yeah. I mean I think
3: there's no debate Alec Manoa is the number 1 for this. Number 1 what? Worst or best? Like I would say the biggest bust of the season. No, yeah.
2: yeah. But like, like next next year do you where do you think do you rank Manoa behind Giolito I think for sure Yeah. where would you feel comfortable taking those guys let's say that you could have them
0: fall to you where would you feel comfortable drafting
2: in a 30 round draft I'm not sure
3: yeah I need to see some ADP just to get a sense of where the industry kind of has him and then see if I'm okay at that range or not I think what's going to happen though is something like Alex Manoa there's going to be something like he was dealing with an oblique strain that he didn't tell anybody. He went to drive line and added three miles per hour on his fastball. There's going to be all these things that come out and then everybody's going to start boosting him up. I already know. it's Yeah. Happen. <laughs> uh,
2: as, as Toby said, round 31 and a 30 round draft. I yeah. think, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think they're draft champions like in the forties rounds guys at this point right now, until I find like giolito has been bad the last two seasons and like, you go back 2019, he was horrible. Uh, hard to see. Like he's he's starting to become one of these guys where you don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, and Manoa, I'm not even sure he's going to be up pitching next year. I mean, I honestly, with how bad he's looked this season, I'm not even sure he's going to pitch next season in the majors. Do you remember we had this
0: conversation about Lucas Giolito last year? And David, you said the same thing. They'll say like, oh, he never regained his full body from COVID because he had COVID early last season. Mm-hmm. Or like... Oh, he lost weight and he lost velocity because he was battling an
1: illness. We can't make excuses for him anymore. This is a trend. It's true. I think all three on the are on the do not draft list for me. Even Lynn, my boy. It's just, there's no reason to.
0: Yeah, it might be one of those things where the age is starting to catch up with him. But let's talk about three pitchers who are probably more useful than the three we talked about. And we're starting with Luis Ortiz, and this might be a little bit of a questionable call, but we're at this point in the season where injuries are starting to pile up and you really just have to play who's playing and producing at the moment. So Luis Ortiz, over his last two games, he has 11 innings pitched, 3 earned, only 9 walks to 5 Ks. I will say one of them was a start, one of them was against relief, Uh, one was against the Royals and one against the Brewers. Overall, a 4.9 ERA and a 1.74 um but with expanded rosters the pirates are potentially tanking he's looked good his last two outings he's in line to make another start next week marty are you are
1: you risking playing him no only in a 15 team league where because i don't have anybody else other than that no is there any optimism with him not not this year not with that team there's just, I mean, other than the fastball velocity, um, he, he does a good job um, with with his ground ball rate. You know, he gets a lot of ground balls, but any, all of his expected stats, 6.96 XERA. Yes, that does look back to his entire year. But just for now, this is, I mean, the only way you would play him if your ratios are done, are completely screwed and you don't care and you maybe can get some Ks, maybe pray for a win or whatever it is. In that instance, yes. But 10, 12 team playoffs? No. Let me ask you, you're in
0: a 12-team league. He's facing the Giants, and you can stream someone. Do you play him? Not, not a god-awful offense like the A's or the Royals, and not someone where you're like, okay, I don't feel comfortable against the, the Twins, but a team that's below average right now and
1: trending in the wrong direction. I think in that in that scenario where you're not worried about your ratios, that would be the only way. It's, it's kind of an effort play, like, whatever. You know, it, it can't, it can't hurt me more than that. That would be the only way. Yeah. Just
0: kind of give some context about maybe the opportunity that you would play him. Or, you know, if Marty said like it's deepest leagues, it's kind of the effort. I need an outing and he can give me a little bit of
1: upside. Yeah. Maybe like a two start, you know, like in a DC 50, he has two starts. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Reese's Cups Olsen.
0: And surprising, Marty didn't want to talk about a Tiger, but David will instead. So the last game at Chicago White Sox, seven innings pitched, four hits, no earned, no walks, and 1K, which is ironic because the game before that against the Yankees, he had 10 strikeouts and went 4.1 innings. So last game through 79 pitches, but prior to that, he's gone at least 90 in four out of the last five, even topped 100 one of those games. He's throwing the fastball and slider about 60% of the time. The slider with a 214 XBA, the fastball with a 279 XBA. He is getting hit hard on the sinker. His third-most throw and pitch at 20% with a 300 batting average. Last year, went won 119 innings, which is the most that he went. He's sitting at 116 currently. Detroit really isn't fighting for a playoff spot, so we'll assume that he will have his innings capped at some point. He'll probably go, you know, 90, 95 pitches max. But David, if you're in the playoffs, are you playing him?
3: So over his last two starts, he's got 11.1 innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, only one earned run. He was also voted as the Tigers player of the week over that time.
2: Ooh, uh,
3: big accomplishment. I'd do that for Marty. Uh, but he is supposed to line up Friday against Mike Clevenger and the White Sox. So to me, he's a strictly a matchup play. And you're getting the White Sox who, I forget, is Reese Olsen the lefty? I'm just blanking on that for a second. I'm pretty sure he's a uh, no, he's a righty. Um, but the White Sox, I think, were striking out like 24% of the time against right-handed pitching over the last few weeks, last time I checked. And Reese Olsen does have strikeout potential. We've seen a, at least one or two double-digit strikeout games from him this season. So he, to me, strictly matchups at this point, the White Sox... And obviously with Clevenger, most likely not going to last long into the game. Gives him potentially some chance for some run support for a win. If I'm in the playoffs, I am taking a chance on Reese Olsen this week in that matchup. I think he will pay off uh, more often than not. Even if he doesn't go necessarily seven innings like he just did in his last start. I do think he's going to be somebody that gives you a good enough start where it'd be worth starting him.
0: Yeah, and he the White Sox are the team that he played last week that he gave up one hit the it is interesting when somebody plays a team twice in a row half the people say well now they've seen their stuff and another half say they can't hit them again so
3: So. there was a study and I forgot where I heard it but they said statistically pitchers do better the second time against teams than they do the first time if they play them back-to-back and I have to remember where I saw that study but it actually came out that like they looked at ERA they looked at whip strikeouts everything and that was what it came up with, which is interesting because you think it would be the other way. But that's—I remember that's why they brought it up. I have to—I have to remember where I heard that. But that is something that someone came out and said. It was on a pod, It was on a, a podcast. I can't remember who said it.
0: So it sounds like Reese Olsen is throwing a no hitter, is what you're saying?
3: No, I'm saying maybe he doesn't go seven innings with one strikeout. Maybe he goes like.
0: You didn't get my sarcasm.
3: Haha. Yeah, I got you. I got you, Doc.
1: He's had a few weeks off. Give him a break. <laughs>
0: Me and David talk every day. He knows my That's sarcasm. True. That is true. <laughs> Rounding out the pitchers, Johnny Brito. So he has been pitching in long relief, but over those last three appearances, he's 2-0. and oh, So he's gotten two wins and he's been piggybacking Michael King a lot as he usually goes two or three to begin the game. But 9.1 innings over those three outings, one earned run, 0.77 whip. He has not been striking out a lot. Six strikeouts over that time to two walks. His K percentage is 17.4, so he's pitching to a lot of contact. That includes 1.6 home runs per nine. Now, we did see him earlier this year prone to blowups. He uh, had four homers against him against the Rays earlier this year. He's given up at least five earned four games. Now, that is worth noting that those were all as starters. We've seen people like Nick Pavetta be more successful when they don't open the game. Art, is that how you're feeling about Mr. Brito?
2: No, I think he's a pretty desperate ad. I kind of, I kind of see his role as undefined. I did, <clears throat> he he followed uh, Severino after Severino got pulled after four innings in his last uh, win, but he has been pitching more effectively as you see. He's only given up one earned run in his last nine innings. Strikeouts still aren't there. It hasn't been in his his last nine innings. Haven't produced more strikeouts. I think because of his undefined role and the fact that he doesn't really have great stuff, he's not, he's, he, he's so pitched to contact, even though he did it well, he pitched well against the Astros the last time out. And that looked that, that against a strong offense like that makes him look good. I think the fact that you don't necessarily know when he's going to pitch or when you should put him in uh, or if he's going to be in a position to get that win or, or get more than like two or three innings for me, I'm just, uh it's a no for me dog uh I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on on Johnny Brito
0: or does it change it at all if you're in a points league because he has that upside of going 2.1 innings you know let's say he gives up one earned maybe strikes out two and gets a win or a hold are you more okay playing him in that format versus a roto where he could kill your ratios
2: I think depending on how you want to use him if if it's like a, a week weekly head to head where you're trying to get a win he's one of the relievers who I think has a better chance of getting a win because he's going to throw a couple of innings but if you're trying to maximize your relief pitcher let's say you have you're trying to use a couple moves per week and maximize your relief pitcher points uh, I, since I don't know precisely when he's going to be pitching, I'm not going to be trying to guess right on when he's going to be pitching and I'm not going to use him. But if I'm using him for a, a whole week, just put him in there for the whole week. I think in the course of a week, he'll get one or two games where he's going to get a couple innings and, and possibly a win, but I'm not going to try and pinpoint the game where I think, which I often do with relief pitchers, which we'll talk about later about strategy for, for, for head to head playoffs and stuff. Um, I often try to find relief pitchers for this specific game. Who might pitch, or the next game or two, who might pitch, and I, I think he'd be hard at to pinpoint on something like that.
0: Art, you're teasing our future segment.
2: They
3: uh, like, uh, did anybody here watch Outer Banks? You guys have never seen Outer Banks? No, no.
1: I've All seen right, well, um, Adam Banks, the uh, the forward for the Mighty Ducks. Uh. Well, this is a <laughs> show on I got it. <laughs> it. Whatever Eric
3: and I said, <laughs> this is a show that you and Tyler would like, because I feel like we like the same shows. Is it trashy? Then probably. Exactly. Yes, it Ass. is. But the main character's name is John B. So can we call him John B. from now on? Sure. Sure. I don't hate it. Okay. To someone that listens to the podcast, please make sure you guys tag us on Twitter if you get the... The Outer Banks reference. Because
2: what? this is the question I had, though, because it's J-H-O-N, like how we say J-H-O-A-N is Johan Duran. Is it Yanni Brito? Are we saying it correctly when we say Johnny? Is it Yanni Brito? I'm pretty sure it's, I've heard Johnny Brito.
0: I've okay. heard Johnny, but it wouldn't surprise me if announcers butchered if it.
2: everyone's saying it wrong, yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure. I don't my <laughs> It was some random
1: white guy <laughs> saying Johnny every time. <laughs> Probably not saying it right. Is, um While we're on the
3: Yankees, really quick, do you guys like Michael King as a starter?
2: He's okay. They're stretching him out. What do you think, David?
3: I feel like he'd be the next Seth Lugo. That's, yeah. that's,
2: that's Seth pretty
3: good. Seth Lugo was kind of in that same role for the Mets, and now the Padres kind of stretched him out. It was Yanni Brito. It is Yanni Brito. Um, and, and now, I makes- mean... Seth Lugo's pitched to like a mid threes ERA this year, and like about a strikeout per nine. Which is he's crazy.
0: gone. He's gone more innings than I thought he would because he's yeah, in I, his mid thirties.
3: I think Michael King's going to do the same kind of mold, like a strikeout per nine, mid threes ERA, useful starter. So he might be somebody during draft season that might be a bargain because he's not going to have pitched very many games as a starter by the time we draft.
0: I see him and Clark Schmidt reversing roles. Like Clark Schmidt started as the uh, I know, Clark Schmidt. Five just pitched
3: over 6 innings today had like 6 Ks one earned run when I a lot of games game. though he's
1: going 3.2 4.1 it was 3 earned but yeah 6 Ks versus the Tigers
3: so okay so he they left him in cuz I when I looked yeah. at the box score it was they six. Did. they they left one him in, in one
1: yeah. yeah two one inning longer than they should have mm-hmm. but no anyone Schmidt? I mean he's been uh, a pleasant surprise I think for most people who picked him up yeah
0: and especially, you know, when Rodon went down, that that became the guy in deeper leagues that a lot of people were targeting with late picks. Um, just looking at the most added courtesy of CBS every Thursday morning. Jason Dominguez rounding out the list at the top, up 37%, 69% rostered. Nice. Davis Schneider is the second most added player in the last week, up 31% by Rob Schneider.
3: Davis, Brian, I was watching the, the clips of it last night. <laughs> Dying.
0: Davis Schneider is thirty one percent edited. <laughs> PG thirteen. Love some Davis. Schneider. We killed this
2: joke
3: so much that Marty and, and Art just shake their heads now. <laughs> do
0: it. <laughs> uh, you got to <laughs> smile know, out of me. I'm you gonna, know what? I hope he kills it next year so we can talk about him every week.
3: I might just draft him just so I can uh, talk about him all the time.
0: When we do one our time. underdog best balls, I'm getting him in every draft.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Ronnie Mauricio up 19%. Jordan Wicks continuing his stretch up 18%. Matt Manning, JP Crawford, Luis Ranjifo, and Jose Quintana. That's making my eyes bleed heading out this list. And then, conversely, looking at the most dropped, you got to be so bad if you are the headline twice. Bailey Ober, once again, the top guy dropped down another 16%. Julio Arias, who we don't need to say anything besides he is a POS, down 15%. Graham Ashcraft, another 15 James Paxton, down 12%. Kenta Maeda and Jaron Duran and Jose Urquidy, all down 9%. And then Brandon Williamson, down 9% as well. What I think is interesting to note is when I'm putting in the percentage drops, they get lower each week, which to me shows inactivity in the league. Which means that if you are still in, finish out till the absolutely.
1: I mean, when when uh, Ashcraft's being dropped,
0: yeah. If Ashcraft's being dropped, then that lets you know that. No, I was gonna say he if he's being
1: dropped just as much as a uh, Julio Urias. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that that shows everything right there. That's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, and you know, it obviously it does factor in
1: dynasty and
0: keeper formats, but still, that percentages should not match up. And then just looking at the team schedule for next week, all teams play six or seven games. So plenty of baseball next week, and hopefully it's during the afternoon so I can watch it while working.
3: Marty, real quick, um, I want to bring up Toby's comment. We uh, talked about Tigers pitchers becoming more useful. Why did they pull Alex Fido yesterday after 44 pitches? Do you know?
1: Um. I didn't see the game and I don't. I didn't hear anything from the, the Tigers brass. But if I had to guess, it's just the fact that Fiedo has been seriously injured the last two to three years. And so they're not fighting for anything. Um, you know, I, they just want to see what they're, they're getting out of them. With actually no actual uh, information, my guess would be that it's, they're just limiting his innings. Maybe he felt something. Maybe he's a little tired. Whatever it is.
3: Well, it's also, too, Matt Manning pitched an inning today. And then they uh,
1: brought yeah. in uh, Bo, or uh, was it Bo Brisky? Yeah, Bo Brisky. Yeah, and that's what um, that's what the staff's known for. You know, this new um, AJ Hinch, you know, came coming over from the Astros. They've they've even with Mize before he got injured. Everybody, all the young guns, they've tried to limit their their pitches as much as possible. It's not really worked. I mean, they're consistently getting hurt. Um, and I think there was another question about uh, Scooble. Was that on there? I think uh, he said that he likes Scoobel. Scuoble hitting a stride uh, to being overdrafted next year. At, as you guys know, I'm hard on the Tigers. I don't think any of those young pitchers are any good except for Scuoble. 2.64 xera and a 5.2 walk percentage while striking out nearly 29% of batters. Man, that's I, he might be worth it. I don't know where he's going to go, uh, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you're going to have to overdraft Scuoble next year. I don't think so. I think he's going to be right where right where he should be.
3: The one thing I bring, I, I reason I brought it up was because I know someone in our home league got kind of screwed over because of one inning pitched, and then that counting as a start. So it's really important this time of year, the last few weeks, that if any team, like you feel like the Tigers are trying to like manage their innings of their young starters. And even if it says they're starting, if you're looking at the history just of what they're doing previously, just keep that in mind. Because this is, again, something like that could be the difference between you winning and losing your league. So make sure that if you see the teams kind of starting to manipulate innings with a young pitcher or they're doing it with some other of their guys, uh, especially the teams that have nothing to play for. That's something I would just make sure rest of season to keep an eye on. I think um, another team did it today, too, where they had like four strikeouts in like two innings and someone had a strikeout probably six. I I have to remember the pitcher but they took them out after like two innings too. Like it's, it's, it's that time of year. So just make sure you're staying up to date on the news and teams that might not have anything to play for.
0: Smash the under.
3: Yeah. And- the books, the books might catch up eventually. Like if, with the Tigers, they might just start blowing their lines altogether and other teams like that too.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know what, Art, we're going to put, bring out your dead for last, because I think that this falls into the conversation of playoff strategy. And this was, what we're going to end the show with. But for you know our home league that me, David and Art are in, this is the first round of the playoffs. Marty's plays until October, but obviously the playoffs are, are down the road. So I think David gave a really good tidbit right there of what to pay attention for, especially if you are in a
1: uh, capped number of starts league. Marty and Art, what else would you add to the list? As far as what to look out for, yeah, keeping your ear to the ground with the news—that's going to be the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Looking at you're gonna, and this is, and this is how you win championships. You're gonna have to look at your team and get. Don't worry about name recognition. You know, if there's one two weeks left, and then you know, Eloy Jimenez, you know, hasn't been hitting over the last thirty days. Get rid of them. You know, it's not going to do you any good holding on to them. So, not um, holding on to players that maybe you spend a lot of draft capital on, or you know, you paid a lot for in Fab. If they're not if they're not hitting their stride right now, get rid of them. And then the second thing would be staying close to the news as much as possible because people are moving in and out. There's gonna be there's more. Uh, I think who who was called up today? Was it Waller?
3: Yeah, for the Diamondbacks, Jordan. Yeah, Lawler. I
1: mean, so people are still getting called up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just keeping an eye on the news and then being honest with you, like your team, and like really going through who's been hot the last 14 days and not being yeah. and being willing to cut anyone.
2: Yeah. And I was, uh, I'll add to that. Like as I was talking about earlier, what I like to do, especially when I need to like in a, in our points league and then in, and in other points league relief pitchers who haven't pitched in like three days are going to pitch in the next one or two days. So if they have like, and, and i promise you, you don't know all the relief pitchers who have like a one whip on the season who haven't pitched in three days. So just, Take, do your homework as you're going through your ads for league, especially if you have, like, if you're able to do ads each day, uh, get yourself relief pitchers. Those are some sneaky points. You can get an extra 20 points in a week, maybe, especially if not in a holds league where you can get points for holds, you get yourself an extra 20 points. And that's the difference in between winning and losing sometimes. Oftentimes, you know, you want to be make sure your hitters, are getting you're not having to add a hitter like mauricio like this week in a in a, a lot of leagues if you if you added mauricio too early you only got two games in the first four days of the week that's not very good in the playoff scenario because you need you need those those stats to add up um but in like a roto where i have them and i have someone i can put in for the first half of the week the weekend and for from now on then it's very effective but uh those are some of the points I, I'd be looking at schedules big time, making sure you're maximizing those games played, make sure you're maximizing your relief pitchers. Also, That's what I
0: was going to say, Art, is, um, and, and David, sorry to cut you off. No,
2: you're
3: good.
0: You know, this is a very popular strategy in fantasy basketball, where you look at teams that have a back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, and then maybe you drop someone Wednesday for a team that's playing a Thursday, Friday, and looking at the team's schedules. Now, fortunately, each team plays six or seven. So, you know, if you're, want, you're going to want to look at people that play in cores or a player that has been batting at the top of the lineup, that is a team playing seven games. This week, the Guardians had seven games and I made sure that I picked up Ramon Laureano, that I picked up Gabriel Arias, you know, people that even if they're hitting at the bottom of the lineup are going to have more at bats. So I think that's something to look forward to before the week is to plan some of your transactions from there. And I think Marty brought up a very good point on another show to keep at least one or two open in case people get pushed back. And that's going to be common around this time of year, but to maximize your at-bats that you can get in a points league, because one or two at-bats, that could be a home run. That could be an extra base hit. And how many times have we lost in a points league by a couple points? So just making sure that you're maximizing those moves.
3: Uh one thing I was going to add as well is we're luckily in such a day and age where we have almost everything at our fingertips and there's sources for any type of information you want. One that came to mind because I saw Toby's comment about streaming the long reliever after an opener. Um, There's an account and I first saw it because I saw art followed the account was opener news on Twitter and they have like 2000 something followers, but they do a really good job of quote tweeting the beat writer, and then talking about who they expect to follow. And I've actually used some of their tweets, picking up bulk relievers to uh, help me in some points leagues for, with those type of formats. Um, if you're looking, a lot of times you can type in the person's name. Uh, you know, if you're a certain player you're interested about, type their name in the Twitter search bar, and then you'll get tons of information. Like you can sort it by the latest, and like as soon as something comes out, you'll be able to get the news on Twitter really fast. You'll be able to follow certain people that you trust um, that have tons of good information about the player. If they might be on a pitch count or something like that, you also get a chance to also uh, just have, again, all the data and tools. If you can pull Brooks baseball, you can see if people's velocity is down from recent starts. And if you're scared about playing them after that, you might like Nathan Evaldi might be an example. If you're, if you're picking up to start him, his velocity was down a few miles per hour. If you look at just the chart uh, on that site. So like, use all these resources and tools that you have. they're almost all free. Fangrass is another one like there's this is the time where like that little bit of extra research can go a long way so uh, oh yeah that's right gotta <laughs> call it X X yeah detected it on X but let's a lot of times you can get really quick information as well as lineups too lineups underdog MLB releases lineups as quickly as any other lineup source thing I've seen so. Just, just be on top of everything with that.
1: That was literally what I was going to say. Do yourself a favor, get the push notifications on MLB Underdog Fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. um, not not we're not, you know we're not even pumping them up because they're they're you know a friend of the show here. But I have that now, and it's it. These are the last few weeks. Not I don't do it for the whole the whole uh, year. That would be annoying to have forty different lineups you know in front of me. But these last few weeks, go on Twitter, follow them, and then turn on the notifications. That way you don't miss anything. David, you talk about things at your fingertips. You have your phone at your fingertips,
0: and I want to give a shout-out to Tyler Talkman in our league because he said he sets an alarm for one minute after the first game starts when lineups lock in a daily league. So if you want to make a transaction and it's for the next day, so that way it's another way to maximize your lineups because if you want to get first crack at somebody that's pitching tomorrow, but you don't want to have them at it today, that's another thing, but you know, this is when we have these conversations. It's iron sharpens iron. These are all great things of advice and things. If you implement, they can help give you the edge to win your league. Obviously, you have no control over the players itself, mm-hmm. but you have control over the effort that you give.
2: Yeah, and 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 as we we've been talking about all season long, if you're looking for streamers, the number one thing that you can look for is their opponents, uh, WRC plus. Marty talks about it with his two starts every week. Look at the WRC plus over the past couple of weeks for their opponents. That is a strong indicator, and, and and it's it's true. It sounds it sounds counterintuitive. The opponent is is as important as the quality of the pitcher you're throwing out there. Uh, so look at the WRC plus your opponent if you're trying to stream against somebody. And another, uh, just a, just a little, little shout out to Fantasy Baseball Beat. Those are all beat writers. Look at our, our episode list for Fantasy Baseball Beat. If you're trying to find beat writers for teams to see what updates on, on team news as well, follow all those beat writers that we've interviewed over the past year. Uh, that's going to help you as well. That's going to give you some inside info.
0: There you go. Our plug in old episodes. I love it.
2: Marty, i to
1: say that do- uh, with a, uh, oh, one more thing with that. Like, if you really have like a magnifying glass of, and you're streaming and you're, you know, every single day you might try to look for somebody to stream. Also look to Vegas, the over unders, you know, look who, who, what did they expect? Nine and a half runs, seven and a half runs, whatever it is, you know, use those to your advantage because Vegas knows a lot more than we all would like to think. So always use that as another, another layer. If you're really trying to, you know, like an everyday, uh, you're trying to pick somebody up for the day, look at those uh, those numbers as well. And those lines change because
0: usually they're on top of news before we are, before yep. we see the notifications. Marty, I want to stick with you because rather than the two-star pitchers, you're going through an injury report, which I think is important to know at this time of year, You know, especially guys that might not be 100% or there's just so many injuries, it's kind of hard to keep track of them.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I'll kind of just go down a list here of ones I think are you know somewhat notable, and I want you guys to pop in if you if off the top of your head you're like, oh, this person's going to take their place, or I would hold them, or whatever it is. Um, I got to start with Andrew McCutcheon. Shout out to him. Not really anything fantasy relevant, but uh, a partial tear of his Achilles. He's at 299 career home runs. It's just kind of a bummer. Uh, one, of, one of the best baseball players of all time as far as heart and love for the game goes. So, Wait, Andrew did McCutcheon, you see his tweet? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. Or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he tweets, I'm fine one day ago, and then quote tweets his own tweet.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah nothing really fantasy relevant there. But uh, Anthony Rizzo, done for the season, so you can feel free to cut him. Uh, Kershaw, we talked the lowest velocity of his career his last time out. So three miles an hour under what we're used to seeing from him. I don't think there's anything actionable. I don't think you're going to be able to cut him or, you know, you're going to drop him or anything like that. Um, but yeah, th- that's something to keep an eye out. Uh, Soroka, numbness in the fingers. It's not good. That sounds like a nerve issue. Yeah, that could be um, what, a thoracic outlet syndrome. Was it
2: Re- nods? That's what uh, yeah. Woodruff has?
1: Yeah. Woodruff was on the best side of it, though. It was only three, four months and he was able to, he's been pretty good ever since he got back. The, mm. uh, the other side of that is, um, Strasburg, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, between the Achilles and now this, I mean, you just, uh, you, you hate to see it. Uh, Ju- uh, I almost said Justin Bieber. I'm a Justin Bieber fan. Uh, <laughs> Shane Bieber, uh, Tristan McKenzie, both expected back September 20th. Guys, I want to ask you, um, are they worth holding? Maybe not in, in a, um, Matt Manning diagnosed with a fractured foot to miss rest of season. Underdog fantasy guys just wow. sent me that. So, wow. sorry to come out of nowhere, but it's I'm on my phone that popped up. That's what I'm saying. Get the push notifications. You you know you need them. They're, they're right We're there. We're plugging for you. them so much tonight. I know. Give. I'm expecting to check after this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, do you think they're worth stashing and like in a 15 team league? Uh, yeah. Bieber McKenzie. No, yeah. don't worry about it's, it. It's
2: two. It's two weeks from today. Yeah. That's that'd be two. That's a starts? long that's a long stash. Even yeah. Even if they're not um, You might get two starts from them. Yeah. I,
0: I don't see much upside because they're probably limited coming back right away. Like they'll probably be on a pitch count, especially True. the Guardians, um, who I don't think have incentive financially to rush him back. Or it's gonna be like Evaldi where they come back sooner than they should have. And I know Bieber has been out a while, but you end up getting shelled.
1: Yeah, I think Cleveland still hopes to maybe make the playoffs. So if they were to do that, maybe two, three innings just to see what he looks like and then, you know, get him ready for October. Uh, Shohei Otani left with oblique tightness. What do you do? You hold on to him over the, he's on the IL. Um, Obviously, if he's playing, you know, he's, I mean, you probably, you have to just, you have to hold him, right? Is that kind of what we're doing here?
2: Oblique is always, uh, is always tricky because you never know how long that's going to linger. Of course if you have an IL spot, this is not a question. The question is if you don't have IL spots. Yeah. But I think with with him, he's so dynamic. If you can get him for the last week or two of the season, you got to take that, keep that chance if you can possibly
1: hold on to him. What about his uh, teammate Mike Trout coming back? Um he says possibly September. You know, he's hoping to get back at this point. I'm holding on to him in my 10 uh, team league. I have an IL spot. He's been sitting down there chilling. Um, but if you don't have the IL spot, are you letting him go or are you going to hold on for hope? I would hold on to Trout for now with Otani. I would pay very t-
0: close attention. He's out of the lineup tonight against the Orioles. He wasn't in the lineup yesterday. They said he's day to day with oblique tightness and then, um, you know, this is from the general manager or from the manager. We'll have a conversation, but I think we dodged a bullet. But the uh, test did show a tiny bit of inflammation. The Angels are soon to be eliminated from the playoffs. Yep. So, and it, but I think what's interesting about this is they still have incentive to play him to get fans to come out. Because even if they think he's going to leave, fans might say, okay, I want to see Otani play one more time. So, the, Met, the Angels don't have incentive to bench him unless they plan on re-signing him to a huge deal. And he is going to need surgery for his torn UCL at some point. Yeah. So I I've, I can't remember a, a time I've seen a situation like this. Most of the time, I feel like players want to protect themselves, especially before a big payday. But Otani seems like he really loves to play.
1: Yeah, and there's... I mean his his agent you know he spoke about it as much as he could but he kind of gave like a conflicting um you know account of kind of what they're going to be able to do here moving forward so if you're in a dynasty league I know we don't really touch on that too much but i I have a big question mark for him in a dynasty league I don't know what, what, what do you want to do yeah. with him. um but yeah I would say you probably want to hold him for the uh for the rest of the year um DJ Stewart, Low back tightness was not playing for the uh for the for the Mets, but it's ah. a, considered a minor minor injury. Um, but you know he's been uh, extremely hot, so I know anybody who has him's kind of bummed. Speaking of bum, Carlos Carrasco suffered a fra- he fractured his right finger or his right fifth finger uh, lifting weights. He's going to be out four to six months. I think he might. Ooh. I think is he cooked? Yeah, yeah. I think he's he- pretty much um. Yeah, he so said, obviously you can, your finger out five to six months. He must have really messed it up." Did I read that right? Hold on, let me look. Dro- no, no, no I'm sorry, it. I read the wrong thing. Four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. Yeah, I probably dropped a weight on it or something. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, so um, you probably didn't have him. You know, you, you can easily cut him. Um, you probably didn't have him on your team anyway. Uh, this is just for fun. Trey Turner on the paternity list nine months after he signed his big contract. He <laughs> knew. <that's laughs> <that's laughs> <that's laughs> <that's laughs> <laughs> Shout
2: celebrate. out to him. Um, celebrate good times.
1: I have him on my Glarf uh, team. I drafted him in the first round, I think seventh overall. He's been, you know, as you guys know, he's been pretty brutal for the first five months of the season. He's finally turning it on, and now he's gonna go. Now he's got to go back home. Um, but yeah, so you, you really love what you got out of Trey O'Neill Cruz. He's gonna re- he's gonna restart his running program. Uh, I don't. I, is he worth stashing anywhere, O'Neill Cruz? No. No. Keep it moving. Yeah. Um, See anything else here? Lane Thomas scheduled the scheduled day off. Uh, He's dealing uh, dealing with a bad back and he got an MRI. I was bummed. I'm just going to, I got to like get this off my chest. I sat him for the weekend for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday because he was day to day on Thursday. He hit a home run Friday. He hit a home run Saturday. And then he hit a home run Sunday. I was very upset, so I put him in for Monday, and now he's back on the. Oh, so yeah, you gotta brutal. you gotta love that. That and that comes from not paying close enough attention on Friday to see that he was back in the lineup, and that cost me three home runs, part of the triple player's ball down the number two overall. I'm sinking ship here, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I really, I, I don't think there's too too many um, too many thing else out there. If Bo um, Bichette is a free agent, you. Know, you picking him
0: up. He's supposed to be back on the, from the IL Friday.
1: Yeah, you got to pick oh him up. Oh my gosh, yes.
0: The only yeah. reason I would think that you wouldn't is because I don't – it would be interesting that he goes with tendinitis, then he goes with the right quadriceps strain. And I know Toronto is, is um, chasing a wild card spot. Yeah. but
1: but, they, like that but would, they're not that, guaranteed that, though. So. Yeah,
0: it, it would feel like it's pushing him back if they made him an everyday player. Because think about how much you're using your legs and everything you do to swing, to run, to field.
1: Yeah, I would say at least throughout the entire year, he's not stealing bases anyway. So it's not like if you do plug him back in, you know, you're, you're worried about not having that that facet of his game. He, had to, he hasn't utilized his legs the entire season um, when it comes to that. So, but yeah, I would definitely pick him up. I mean, that's, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty dynamic and they, I mean, I, they, they might not have a lot of DH spots, but I think he'd push whoever they're putting out there at DH uh, into a different, different role. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure, depending on how, whether he's able to field, I think I would pick him up on the chance that he's able to come back and play full-time Friday because he's, he's so dynamic.
1: Yeah. I, was, I just wanted to ask you guys this. Is there anyone who's more day to day than Max Muncie? Like, off the top of your head, have you ever, like, is there a player you've owned that I see D to D every time I look at that man? Most of the time he plays, but it's just. Eloy's getting up there. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, like he, he just, just played- gets hurt. He
0: just played 16 straight games. So I, I will say that I haven't seen it in like two weeks. Yeah. But uh, he's either hurt or he, it's a maintenance day off from him
2: being hurt. That's rough. That's rough. Eloy's tough. Yeah. And Max, I have Muncie on a few squads. And yes, I, I feel day that. Day, I'm checking him every week.
1: But yeah, I can't. You guys got anybody off the top of your head that you're holding on to? Or, you know, you, I mean, you're staffing in your one, IL? Sandy.
0: Sandy. Ooh, oh, yeah. Besides Garrett Cole, Sandy seems like he's been the most durable pitcher over the last three seasons. Going on the IL with a right forearm flexor strain. And Craig Mish, beat writer of the Marlins, said, if it's just my opinion, I think that he's out for the rest of the year. Obviously hoping he's wrong, but... um, Craig's
1: plugged in, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so... Yeah, so... (laughs) Um, you know, we love Sandy. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball even if he hasn't been having the best statistical season, just a great pitcher to watch. He's better uh, than he's Lucas so Treleda. He is <laughs> so much better than
2: Lucas Treleda. <laughs> and and the Marlins are sitting right now in third wild card position. Um, after the uh, Cubs swept the Giants. Yeah, boy. Cody I honestly I think the Cubs might win the World Series. They are playing
0: so. I'll, I'll notice they're down like four to one, and then they'll win a game like nine to
2: seven, and well, they'll just have, have scored like six runs in the bottom of the eighth. The Braves and the Dodgers are both in the National League, so I'm going to pump the brakes on that. But I think we got a decent shot to to win a series, and and we're going to give the Braves or the Dodgers a tough series if we get up against them. I, I believe that. I believe that we're, we're playing hot. We got some, you know, Assad and Wicks. Hendricks pitching well. We got Steele pitching well. We got a pretty deep bullpen. Um, oh, if it's a, wait a second. So this out, is I'm about Bobichet.
1: Shett Bo was dropped in a
2: keeper league,
1: dude. I, why can
2: I ever
0: get
1: lucky and be in the? Yeah, family? you know
0: what? You know when we talk about like these leagues, and we just assume. I think, and I'm not trying to hype ourselves up when we say this. I think we have above average fantasy baseball knowledge. You have so. to. <laughs> you you have to remember. That not everyone thinks the way we do, or things that we think are common sense. So there's no such thing as a dumb question, a dumb trade. Yeah, oh, I can't true. believe I that's can't believe point. I can't believe this person's available in this league. Should I add them? Because a lot of times you're basing it off of the people you're playing with.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I've had leagues where, like this year, I trained I traded a uh, uh, Jonah Heim for from Valdez, and so I, it was accepted because. I was having a great two, three months as a catcher, the best catcher in the league for the first couple months. Yeah. You, you never know what's going to happen. Was it a two-catcher league? No. Ooh, Marty committed robbery. <laughs> Drop
0: your hands, sir. Put them up. tie you up. Art, we've talked a lot of positive things on the show, mm-hmm. but we're going to end on a negative note for once and tell us who's bringing you pain and we're bringing to the dead.
2: I I think we're gonna be able to end on end on a couple chuckles at the end of this one because I, I found some good stuff on the last on the last mention, bring out your dead. So uh hopefully this ends positive. But we are we are winding down the season. If you if you've had a if you've had if you've been done dirty by a player, you you may have written him in already, but we are still being done dirty, especially in this crunch time, including players like Bryce Miller brought uh you know a broken mariners fan, uh, brought brought up by one uh, one doc a broken mariners fan put Bryce Miller just through the worst five inning one earned run performance i have ever seen from somebody now what we see from Bryce Miller he's still giving you that great k per walk he's he's had 5k's per walk on the season i think he might be tiring he's also a guy who has Pretty sharp difference in his home road splits. But what I'm focused on are his first half to second half splits. The innings pitched in both are about the same. But while in the first half, he gave up only a 6.01 OPS, he's up to a 7.62 OPS in the second half. Now, this, I think this might just be a guy who's not used to throwing this many innings, getting tired. And, you know, Seattle's in the midst of a tough, tough, tough uh, a wild card battle. They need Bryce Miller pretty bad. Um, uh, Lukey, Lukey D, uh, our boy Luke bringing up Dylan Cease. This is the third straight week Dylan Cease has been brought up. And for good reason, um, Dylan Cease is currently the 100th rated starting pitcher on Ras Ball Player Raider, which is not where he was drafted. He was in the top 10 starting pitchers by, by a lot of uh, markers. Uh, his Ks are still strong, but his K percentage on the season is down almost 4% from last season. His home runs are up on the season. His walks are up. His fastball velocity is down on the season. However, one thing I will say is his expected ERA indicators indicate that he should be doing better. Tough to know where to rank him for next season. Will he still be drafted pretty high? The Ks are pretty sweet. However, I don't know where you want to take a guy like Dylan Cease. He's, he's kind of fallen into that Arizona Robbie Ray category now with what he's doing. Uh, but Lukey, I wanted to, to give you a little bit of, uh, little bit of feeling of, of, uh, community in this. I got some other Twitter users who, uh, who are also feeling the, uh, the, the cease, the cease, uh, pain, Eddie. Wrote, writes Dylan Cease is an effin' fraud. I did not use the uh, word that Eddie wrote, but uh, Eddie's feeling it too, Lukey, And Will Garofalo, our boy, our buddy, says, "What's this? What's up with this guy, Dylan Cease? Uh, you know, th- so you know, you're not the only one feeling the feeling the pain on Dylan Cease."
0: I almost included him too but I realized that I had to uh I had to change it up a little bit which his yeah, yeah. change isn't
1: good. What yeah. would be the earliest you'd take him next year? I know we don't know we haven't looked at anything but like is he I would take him close to pick 100. Uh, let me here here I think it may be a better question. SP2, SP3, no. SP4. Three? SP3 at best. I okay. think I I think I'd go f- because of the ratio
2: damage he'd do to yeah. you uh unless i was really confident about my ratios for my top guys like say i started with uh with a cool like or, or strider yeah and <laughs> and i was a, and i was able to get like a louis if i if i went like a pocket aces i i would get him as my third pitcher perhaps okay. because um because you you know you'd just be locking in a ton of strikeouts there Mm-hmm. I, uh, but it's it's tough to know because where does he? What sort of roster construction does he fit on? And I think next season, what I'm really going to be focused on is roster construction.
1: I like I the Robbie Ray comparison. I think that that's interesting. Good. That's really good. I'd also be interested to see if uh, Cease is on a new team. Yeah, can we get this guy on a real base, like a real professional baseball team? For I God feel like
0: he, I feel like he has the makings to
1: be a, a
0: low end SP one to go back if he was just on a team that developed pitching. Well, and there
2: wasn't drama. Absolutely. Absolutely. The culture and the White Sox spoken about by, about by ex-White Sox players, it's not good, and it's not easy to perform there. Um, so who, maybe we'll get him on a new squad. This, the White Sox clearly did not want to give him up at the deadline or did not find the right deal for him. But they still have a lot of talent on that roster. Let's that's not let's not mince words. That, t- that roster is... Has a lot of top-end talent that has been underperforming for a few seasons now. Hopefully, they can turn it around. Maybe, you know, the new management. No one likes the new GM there. None of the Sox fans think they did a good job with that hire. And I'm not sure if anyone thinks Pedro Grafal is the answer at manager. So, maybe they get a new manager next season. So, we'll see. You know, maybe we can gin up some 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 love for him. But where we're drafting him next year, that is... that is that. You know, I'm not sure ADP is gonna matter to me with him. It, it's gonna be about roster construction and whether or not I can I can stomach the walks he gives up, whether or not I can stomach the potential blow ups he gives up. That that that's gonna be whether where I want to take him because the strikeout's super juicy. Uh, David next brings up Andres Munoz. Uh Andres Munoz just coming off the AL reliever of the month for August gives up a big loss yesterday to Cincinnati. The Mariners were about to go up two games on the final wild card spot. Now they're just sitting one game up on Texas, on Toronto, just brought up uh, when we were talking about uh, Bo Bichette. So that loss is big. You know, uh, Mariners Geek at Baseball Geek 72 writes, Please stop talking bad about Andres Munoz. He gave up a slow grounder to shortstop, a stolen base, and then a slow grounder to second base. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Y'all need to relax. Maybe true, maybe true, but that was a big loss. It is possible that only a few players could have beaten out that play. One, of course, the one who did beat out that play, Ellie De La Cruz. So, uh yeah, not sure Munoz is one to worry about. Big loss, though. Go ahead, Mark.
1: I think so. I think he's – because I have him um, in a saves-holds league. And yesterday, uh, I, I play on Yahoo with, with him. And in the uh, ERA, it said infinity. In WHIP it said infinity. The, Yahoo didn't even bother telling me how bad he did. It just <laughs> says infinity in all of the categories. Uh, and today, he uh, in one inning, he gave up a run, uh, two, two walks. He had two Ks, though. So the strikeouts are there, but I okay. can't trust him right now.
2: So we're talking two straight days of 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 sub-par results. You know, he's he did have he was out for a while earlier this season. Maybe he's maybe he's wearing down a little bit as the season's gone on. Um yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Just coming off of that huge August. Reliever of the month for the American League last that's month. That's how it
1: goes with relief pitchers. That's a that's a tough gig.
2: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Next next on bring out your dead someone mentioned earlier. Eloy Jimenez brought up by at CF Waco. Thanks for mentioning. Thanks for coming on. I think this is your first time bringing up somebody and bring out your dad. Come on back next week. Uh, Yesterday, uh, Eloy Jimenez, five ground outs in a row. Uh, Someone at Diggler Softball thinks it could be because Eloy stands way up in the box. Uh, Maybe if he stood way back in the box, he would hit less ground balls. I looked this up. Uh, He has 54% ground balls. Jesus. Which is a ton. Um, I was not aware of that of that uh, feature of his profile. His home runs per fly ball are usually around 21, 22, 23%, down to about 16% this year, which has led to the fact that he has only 15 home runs on the season, even though he has more plate appearances than he's had in a few seasons. Uh, I'm not That's even sure. So-
1: I was gonna say that's so scary seeing that ground ball percentage at fifty four percent. He's probably the last guy I want to hit ground balls because one, he he's the slowest dude ever because he only jogs everywhere, and then if he does run hard, he gets hurt. <laughs> so I am gonna be, I am all, I am gonna be. Uh, he's somebody I will not be drafting next year. I am gonna stay away. Yeah, he might be a,
0: a dud, like only getting power because I don't even think he'll have good players to drive in.
2: Yeah, I mean his batting average is always pretty solid. But the power's way down. You're not going to get any steals. The counting stats, what are you going to get there in that lineup? And the fact that he's injured all the time. When are we going to, I write here on this, when will we get a healthy Eloy Jimenez season? And what would we actually get from a healthy Eloy Jimenez season? Uh, you know, this is another guy's, maybe it's a training thing for him. Maybe it's just his body. I don't know. Um, another guy who injuries have really hurt is brought up by ted morgan starling Marte. nothing really to comment on here he's he's always injured but uh it i thought it interesting that uh on august 30th two different accounts mentioned uh how uh how much was given up for to trade for starling Marte. logan uh, a diamondbacks fan talking about how uh how the d-backs Traded uh, the over Piguero for 33 games of Starling Marte and what a bad deal that was. And then uh, talking about how the A's traded Jesus Lazardo for just 56 games of Starling Marte. So if you are a fan of the Mets, what you want is for them to trade Starling Marte. So he needs to have a start of their good season next year. And maybe, you know, Starling Marte can generate some good trade interest and you can pick up somebody pretty good. Because it seems like the Pirates and the Marlins are feeling pretty good about uh, trading Starling Marte. Uh, I thought it interesting that two different counts, unrelated, following two different teams talking about how great it was, that uh, how, how, how much it stunk that their team uh, traded for Starling Marte for only getting a few games of that guy. Uh, so there's a lot of pain from Marte going around. The, the, the funny thing that I love, there's a, this comedian who has this bit talking about how baseball announcers can be out there. Uh, and all of a sudden when a, when a Spanish player comes up to bat, they become Spanish. Uh, Dan Vogelback flies out to right field. And now for your Mets, Starling Marte, you know. <laughs> That's so it's so true. It's one of the. It's one of the best baseball comedy bits I've heard. It's just like the, the announcers just they just turn into these Latinos whenever a Latino player. They comes. get into
0: character.
2: <laughs> Are, no, go ahead. Can
0: I just say, who is the player that I have tweeted about to bring out your dead most this year? Yeah, it's
2: Dylan Cease, I think. Or is it uh, Stanton? I'm not sure.
0: I, well, I don't have Stanton anywhere. Think about the beginning of the season.
2: Who did I complain about a lot? Oh, my Come memory. On. My memory
0: Come is on. gone. Beginning of the season, who did I poo-poo on super hard? Byron he Buxton? A, he didn't have a home run for a while. Oh, it, it was Jose uh, Abreu. Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yeah. Do you want to know what he's doing tonight? What? Three for five with two home runs and seven RBIs. Jose Abreu, I am glad I stuck by you. In a must-win playoff game, you have 19 points in ESPN standards point scoring. (laughs) I can forgive you all that you have sinned me this year. And I hope everybody that tweets excessively about players that do you wrong you are getting the same joy I'm experiencing right now.
2: At some point, may you get redemption from all the pain. Yes, you
0: just have to hold on to them for the entire season, and we <laughs> will, will,
2: will <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I got, I got these five. We're throwing them in the cart. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week for all your pain. Thanks. There we go. There's uh, four, four things in life: death,
0: taxes, and people bringing you pain in fantasy baseball, no matter what but that's going to wrap it up for us week 24 in the books. And you heard it from David. You heard it from the man himself. The sources say that he's going to be back next week. So he'll be back hosting and it will be the menage quattro, right? Elsie.
1: I'll say doc, you have done an outstanding job coming in and hosting. We appreciate you. Yeah. Get your flowers.
0: I appreciate it. And potting with you guys makes it easy and uh, it's fun. Something I look forward to each week. And, I was telling David, when you host, you look at the the scores or you look at the spreadsheets, you look at the players differently because you have to analyze everything rather than me just focusing on uh, streaming for the weekend, which isn't even relevant now. But for Marty, for Art, for Elsie, I'm Doc. Good luck this week. We'll catch you guys next week for week 25.